so before I start off with, with what I'm really speaking about, I just wanted to, oh, David's taking care of me, thank you. I think you're taking care of me. I just wanted to share that when Amy and I planted this church four years ago, our heart wasn't that you would come here every single Sunday and you'd hear amazing sermons, okay? I know when I'm speaking, you guys hear awesome sermons, and I thank you for all that great feedback. It makes me feel really, really good. So keep that coming, okay? Keep it coming because it's about me. Now, seriously, though, wasn't that like, again, our main focus wasn't that you'd hear awesome sermons. It wasn't to come here and just sing songs, right? Our goal was and is that this would be a place to encounter God's presence, right? That's our focus, is a place, a safe place where people can come in, feel welcomed, feel loved, and feel at home and experience God's presence, okay? Because you can see, like, our Catch the Fire banners, right? Encountering God's transforming presence. And that's kind of Catch Fire World. That's, that's their vision, right? And we were sitting down kind of talking about our vision and our mission, and it's just like, it's really, is just like that almost. You know, we've kind of changed the wording just a little bit. But it's really coming together, people who are hungry to experience God's presence. Because it's his presence that transforms us. Amen? All right. And this year, specifically, we're like, it's about intimacy. We're just so hungry for a deeper intimacy with God, right? So up to this point, we've been trying to get that through to everybody. That it's about intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Right? We want to be people flowing from a place of intimacy with God. Right? We don't want to be doing in order to feel more intimate with God. We want to flow from a place because of who we are in him, flowing from a place of intimacy, because that is a lot better, isn't it? If I'm in a job or I'm talking to my neighbors, what do you think is going to be a better Adam in a sense? Is it Adam that has to earn God's love and affection, got to earn my intimacy with God, or is it a place coming from resting in God's presence, and flow from that resting place. What do you think is going to be a better outcome? Resting, right? But it doesn't make sense to us, does it? Resting is like, really? I got to rest in order to kind of do more or do better in a sense, right? I think in my brain, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, no, I need to work in order to, you know, make things happen. It's how I was raised. I was raised on a little hobby farm. It's like, you need to work. My dad's like, you got to work, son. No, my dad wasn't that bad, but it's just, you know, it's just this mentality that you just worked in order to get, right? But with God, it's just so much backwards, isn't it, that we need to rest in order to move forward, okay? So you can jot that down, put it on your Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, but this morning, we wanted to give you another tool that helped walk in a deeper intimacy, helped each of us walk in deeper intimacy, and it's communion, okay? Who likes doing communion? Good. I'm judging anybody who didn't put up their hands, okay? No. Okay, I'm going to be really real and honest. Amy and I, that's one of our, our things is being real and honest, right? And I think for me, I had this conviction these last couple of weeks. Is It's like, Adam, do you really value communion? Do you really think about what communion is? Do you really, is that one of your values? And I was just like, when I was praying, I was just like, honestly, I don't think it is. You know, I think that for myself speaking, um, not Amy, this is for me, I think that for me when it came to communion, I was just like, okay, I'm a Christian now, communion is something I do because I'm a Christian, so therefore I do it, right? I'm a good Christian, so therefore I'm going to take communion, right? Because that's what all good Christians do, right? You guys with me? Yeah? And so then when we planted the church, it's just like, okay, 
Now I now have to make sure that we're doing communion as a church, right? And I'm like, okay, first Sunday of each month, we'll do communion. Check it off the box. Check it off the box. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I just say to myself? Check it off the box, Adam? Are you serious? Right? I'm sure you guys can see where I'm going with that. And so it wasn't until this kind of past week where it's just like God's kind of been laying it on my heart what is the importance of communion. Uh, so we're spending this Sunday talking about it. We're going to do, I'm going to do a second part to it next Sunday as well. Um, so we're going to do communion at the end of this service, communion at the end of next service too, okay? But if you have your Bibles or your phone, you want to bring up your Bible on your phone, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And my lovely sound guy at the back closed my Bible. Gateway. Who uses Gateway Bible? Yeah? I usually bring my other Bible with me, but today I didn't. Melissa, can I get you to come up here and bring up Gateway Bible, 1 Corinthians 11? Does anybody have a nice joke for me to say? No. It's going to take her a second. I would do it, but with one hand, I'm not very fast at doing it. Is it hot in here now? <laughs> She's doing a great job. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. No pressure. Sorry, not through you. I need all of it, though. Just back. That's good. Excellent. Thank you. I had it highlighted and everything. Okay. So verse 23, we're just going to read the first few verses here. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you drink this bread and or sorry, drink the bread, that might be a little tough to do. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Okay? So communion is reminding ourselves of whose we are, okay? It's reminding ourselves of whose we are and what Jesus did for us, right? We are children of God, right? Amen? When you've accepted Jesus into your life, you are now a child of God. Right, so when we do communion, it's a reminding ourselves that we are his children, and it's telling us of what Jesus did for us. The commentary in the Spirit-Filled Bible says this. Each occasion of partaking is an opportunity to, to say, proclaim, and confess again. I herewith lay hold of all the benefits of Jesus Christ's full redemption from my life. Forgiveness, wholeness, strength, and health. We're realigning ourselves with God when we do communion, okay? We align ourselves with God. We're proclaiming that heaven over every area in our life, right? The reality of heaven over every area in our life. So, again, coming back to me, this past week, I was just like, okay, what am I going to do about this, right? I'm, I'm having this conviction, so what do I do with that? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start taking communion each day. I'm going to start taking a daily communion. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, Adam, that's amazing. Like, wow, you're so spiritual, right? But it's just that 
I'm saying it because it honestly brought this transformation in my life. You know, this past week, it was just like, you can even ask Amy, I think she's in the kids right now, um, but it's just like, Adam, like, you're not quite as joyful as you, you have been, right? These last couple of months, like, you've been a little bit more irritable. And I'm like, really? You're saying this to me? And when somebody calls you on your junk, what does that do? Causes you to be a little bit more irritable, doesn't it? <laughs> At least it does for me. So she's like, she's saying, Adam, like, what's, what's going on? And I'm just like, honestly, I don't know, right? It's just like, I'm just, honestly, it's just a struggle of trying to balance life sometimes, I think, right? You're trying to balance a job. You're trying to balance kids, maybe. You're trying to balance homeschooling for us. You're trying to balance relationships. You're trying to balance all this. You're trying to do this, do that, right? And for me, it was just like, I didn't like who I was becoming, right? I was just like, God, there's got to be something different, right? There's got to be a way out of this. And so John 10.10, 10, the second part of the verse says, Jesus came to give life, right? The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life. So I'm like, okay, I am choosing to be a, a miserable person, but I'm a child of God, and he came to do what? Give me life, right? Not so I can just be a miserable person, right? Who wants to be around a miserable person? Not too many people, do they? Okay? And I think it's important as a believer to know and to walk from a place that you are set apart, okay? That I'm not saying that life gets easy or anything like that, but you are set apart, right? And what I mean by that is that no matter what situation you're in, that there's hope, okay? Or you can take it like this. There's hope in every circumstance. Who likes that? I know I definitely want to live from a place that there's hope in every circumstance that I go through, right? So I was like, Adam, you got to make some changes. What am I going to do? So first thing I tried to do uh, I was somewhat successful with it some days. Some days I wasn't. I tried to put my phone down more often. I was like, Adam, you're on your phone a lot. Let's try to shut it down a little bit more often. Let's like, you know, let's have like kind of work hours kind of thing like that. Let's shut your phone off. Let's put it away, right? Be more present. So some days that was good. Some days it wasn't. And the other thing I did differently is I started doing communion daily, okay? And again, doing that communion was, was a huge breaking point for me was just how I felt, right? It's kind of hard to put into words how I felt, but it was really just such a peace in the midst of all the chaos in a household of, you know, six people when you're stuck in like, you know, 12,000 square foot, 12,000? 1,200 square foot radius. I knew something didn't sound right. I don't have that big of a house. 1,200 foot radius, right? Six people in that little area, you can get a little irritable with each other, right? So I was like, sick of it, need to do something, Started doing communion, it was really, really good. Um, I think I grew up in the Catholic Church, and the Catholics do communion really, really well, you know. And I think for me, my fear was that if I do communion more than once a month, it's going to become a ritual, right? If I do communion more, that it's going to lose how special communion is, right? Now, if you're not married, you can cover your ears here, okay? So if you're not married, cover your ears. When you think of it this way, in marriage, sex doesn't get less special the more times you do it, does it? Right? I thought that was funny. Maybe not. But anyways, <laughs> if you're not married, you can uncover your ears. It's not a joke. It's true. Thank you, John. I know the guys are like, yes. Um, but it's about aligning ourselves, right? It's posturing our heart. 
where's our heart in it, right? And the thing for me, that every time I did communion, it was aligning myself to God again, right? There's so many things in our life that pull us from God, right? It pulls us from him. Melissa, could I get you to bring the, the whiteboard over for me? Um, that we just have so many distractions going on in our life, right? When uh, I like getting Melissa, she's my, my sister-in-law. I like getting her to do things for me. Um, but when we think about it here, I'm going to get to draw here in a second. Um, right over here. I'll make you go a little further. That's good. That's great. I got it. She's going to run me over now. That's good. Thank you. So, when we look at our life, right, and we have this, this big circle here, and this is kind of like a, we're going to call this the bullseye, all right? So I think what bullseyes generally have, like, an outer circle, and then an inner circle, and then you have your nice filled-in bullseye right in there. I'm quite a good artist. I know that doesn't show up, but I am pretty good. Um, so when you become a Christian, you have this, this focus, right? Jesus' intimacy with God is our focus, right? God is our focus. Before, as a Christian, my focus was, was money, was working, trying to earn as much as I could so I could go on these like, you know, nice holidays and stuff, which never happened because I could never make enough in order to do what I wanted to do. But then when I give my life to Jesus, all of a sudden, it's like I have a focus, Right? And that focus is intimacy with him. Right? And now we have all these things in our lives that try to pull us away, like bills. Who loves bills, right? You get this bill in the mail. It's like, oh my goodness, I know I'm thinking about this bill. How am I going to pay for it? When's the next bill going to come, right? Personally, here, my roof is leaking. Anytime we get warmer weather, like today, I'm going to have to rush home and make sure the snow's off my roof because my roof is leaking until I can get it fixed, right? And that costs a lot of money right? Oh, my car. I need a new car. My car needs fixed, right? Relationships, blah, blah, blah. You know, it keeps going, right? We have all these things that pull us from our main focus point, right? I'm going to go here, and I apologize if I offend anybody, but it is Facebook. <laughs> Did you see what that person wrote on their Facebook? I was just kind of scrolling through Facebook, and did you see what that person wrote? How dare they write that? They don't know what they're talking about. So all of a sudden, I was doing really, really good until I went on to Facebook, and I was scrolling through, and I saw something I didn't like, and all of a sudden, my focus, focus point was here. Now, all of a sudden, it's going way out there. Because there's this righteous anger that builds up that like, no, I gotta prove this, I gotta tell this person, I gotta see things how I see it, right? And then there's this righteous anger in me that what do we do when we're upset about something? We're gonna go tell somebody else, aren't we? We're gonna go text our friends and be like, did you see what that person wrote on their Facebook? I commented on it, now five other people have commented, and now you need to go on there and comment on it because this person needs to know, Right? This person needs to know. It's not okay what they're saying, right? And all of a sudden now, instead of me just being away, now I'm trying to pull other people. I'm trying to pull them from their focus point too because it's not okay that if I'm the only one there, I need other people to be there with me. Are you guys with me? Now, I'm not, just to clarify, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. 
I'm not saying you can't go on Facebook and have an opinion. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe we should have a little bit more wisdom when we deal with certain things we don't agree with on Facebook instead of laying it all out there so everybody can read 45 comments and trying to make everybody else upset. Maybe we should like write a personal comment to them or maybe like let's get together for a coffee and, and talk, right? Can we talk still, right? Maybe we should put down our phones for a little bit or get off our laptops for a little bit and maybe like let's connect face to face. Because good things happen when we connect face-to-face, right? Compared to when we type things, we can't see how they take it, right? Be like, oh, I kind of meant that in a joking way. Well, they don't get that smile that comes across your face when you're kind of joking around. You guys are with me, right? I'm not jumping off the deep end, I hope. All right, so your focus point, right? Communion realigns us back to our focus point, right? Now... This is a great exercise to do at home is to create yourself a little bullseye and kind of figure out what are things that are taking me away from my focus point. Communion brings us back to our focus point, but then day after day, you have things in your life that take you away from your focus point. I'm going to say that a lot, your focus point. What is taking you away from it? And figure out that list, okay? Now, if you're like me, for many, many years, it's like, okay, I figured it out. That's great. I'm done. I got it. Excellent. I'm good to go, right? And we just leave it there. But we need to take it that step further, don't we? And be like, okay, now I got this list. Now I got to figure out what am I going to do about it? Because if I want my life to change, I got to do something about that list, right? My life isn't going to change if I don't do anything about that list. I can know things, right? I can see that those things are taking me away. But if I actually don't do anything about it, it's not going to change anything, is it? Right? So figure out your list. Say, God, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about these distractions, okay? I've gone off script now. Here we go. Bibles again. Grab your Bible again. Uh, We're going to go verse 27, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Got a couple more verses to read here. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Wow, right there. Wake up call, right? Verse 28, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. And then that's always silence after that one, right? In an unworthy manner, okay? So when we think about Jesus, and we think about that night, the Lord's Supper, right? Who was sitting at that table? Judas was sitting at that table. So on the night of betrayal, Jesus did something very intimate with those guys at the table, He did communion with those guys at the table. And amongst that table was Judas who betrayed Jesus, right? Peter, who denied Jesus three times. These guys were at the table with Jesus. And Jesus was going to do something very intimate with these guys, right? And so when you've been hurt, we've all been hurt in here, I'm sure, right? Everybody's been hurt in this room. I definitely have, right? And it's like, what do we do when somebody does something to us that we don't like? Do we respond in a loving way, or do we respond in that, like, oh, I don't want to see you anymore. Like, that's it. You've hurt me. You've done something that I definitely didn't do anything to deserve that, so, like, go away. Get away. Like, I just want nothing to do with you, right? But Jesus shows us this beautiful picture of 
doing communion with the very person that betrayed him, right? And then so the wake-up call is examine our hearts before we do communion, okay? You guys are still following me? So if you're holding on to, to bitterness, unforgiveness, right? You're holding on to things that are weighing you down before you take communion, we need to deal with those things, right? We need to deal with the distractions. We need to deal with those things in our hearts before taking communion. Communion isn't a tool that we can just check off the box and say, yes, I'm a good Christian because I did communion, right? I've tried to do that for many years without realizing it. But communion is so much more powerful than that, isn't it? Right? When we're so focused on what Jesus did for us, there's no room for unforgiveness. Right? When we're so focused on what Jesus did for us in our lives, there's no room for bitterness. There's no room for self-pity. Not that we don't, not that those things don't creep in every once in a while, right? I'm not saying we have to be perfect Christians perfect people or anything like that. It's just, but when we focus on it, when we go to a communion, where is our focus on it? Are we focused on what Jesus did, right? When we focus on what he did, there's no room for anything else. Amen? So, when we do communion, I want you to look at the cup, look at the bread, and what do you see? Right? Do you just see a piece of bread, or do you just see a cracker? It's crackers over there this morning. Do you, is that what you see? Or when you look at the cup, do you just see a small cup with a little bit of juice on it, or do you see a cup where it's like, yeah, I just went out and bought the cheapest juice I could find because I didn't want to pay more than like $4 for a thing of juice? Or do you see the Jesus? Do you see the love that Jesus gave when you look at that? Right? Do you see that you've been set free when you look at the cup, when you look at the cracker, do you see that you've been set free? Because it was love that took Jesus to the cross, right? Love that took Jesus to the cross. It was love that kept Jesus on the cross. So when we look at that, we need to see his love, right? Communion brings us life, okay? Communion brings us life. Communion brings us freedom. It brings healing. It brings forgiveness, just a touchdown on, on verse 26 again. Is uh, I'm going to read it for you here. So we just read it, but I'll read it again. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So whenever you eat this bread, drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. It's a celebration, right? Doing communion is a celebration. We're not celebrating, obviously, what Jesus went through. Right? If you've seen The Passion, you know that's, that's extremely powerful. Right? It was extremely hard to watch it, probably. Right? So it's not celebrating that part, but it's celebrating the part where he defeated death. Right? He defeated death. We celebrate that he is coming back again. Okay? That's where we celebrate. So we're going to go into communion here shortly. Um, Melissa, do you mind filling up the cups for me now? I was going to get Ozzy to do it, but she's out and, and kids now. Um, we're going to do communion here in a, in a few minutes. Um, but I want to encourage, I want to give you a little bit of homework, right? To do communion this week, 
right? We're going to do communion now, but in your home, I want to encourage you to do communion in your home this week. Whether it's every day, whether it's just once, whatever it is, no pressure, but to do communion in your home, all right? Because next week when we speak on communion, I'd love to start off with some testimonies of the transformation that happens. Again, for me, it was this point of being like homeschooling my kids. I'm so like exhausted doing it some days. I'm just like, God, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? Why don't I just send them down the road to the school, right? And I get so frustrated. It's just like, Amy, take team, you're in now, right? But I wasn't happy. It wasn't life-giving, right? Once I get frustrated, what's going to happen to my kids when they have to learn something that they can't learn? It's like they're going to shut down because I'm getting frustrated with it, right? And they're just being kids. But when I started doing communion each and every day, all of a sudden I went from this, these points in my life where I just like, I can't handle things, to all of a sudden now I have patience for it. Right? All of a sudden now, instead of focusing on, on all this stuff that's not going right, all of a sudden my focus is on intimacy with God again. And I'm not saying that's the only way to realign ourselves. I'm just saying it's a really, really good way. Okay? So we're going to, uh, I'm going to get, I have uh, some ministry team. They're going to go to the back kids table for me. So just go to the back kids table for me, ministry team. Um, Communion won't save you, right? It's what Jesus did on the cross that saves us, right? So the one thing when we do communion, you're declaring that Jesus is Lord, right? And so before we do communion, I want to give everybody an opportunity uh, when we're praying here that if you don't know Jesus, if you're like, Adam, you know, I've accepted Jesus into my life. It was a long time ago, and I've just, you know, been such a battle. I want to give you an opportunity where you can just go to the back corner over there by the kids' table, and if you want to pray with some people this morning, I want to give you that opportunity before communion, okay? Um, so I'm going to play this, this clip for you here. Um, we're going to walk through this clip. Does anybody know John Eldridge? He's a... Uh, a writer, what is his book called? I don't have the name of his new book here. Getting Your Life Back, I think it's called. Uh, he has a free app that you can download. It's called the Pause app. And it's basically, you can take a one-minute pause in your day, three-minute pause, five-minute pause, 10-minute pause. Uh, but it's all about kind of slowing down and regain your focus, okay? So we're going to listen to a three-minute app here uh, called the Pause app that you can download when you go home today. But basically what I want you to also be thinking about and what I also want you to kind of deal with, do you have anybody that you need to forgive this morning? Before you take communion, we're supposed to examine our hearts, right? So before we go into communion, we want to take a few minutes here of just, God, who do I need to forgive this morning? Another cry, I have three questions. That's the first one. Who do I need to forgive this morning? The second one is, who have I been unkind to? Right? If I've been unkind to people, I need to man up to that, don't I? Obviously, you can't do it in this exact moment. It's like, okay, God, you know, I repent of this, and I am going to deal with this. Right? Don't leave it unsettled. We've got to step forward in it. And the third thing is, do you have anything that's weighing you down? If there's anything weighing you down, I want you just to give it to God this morning, Okay? So I'm going to play this app. Again, if you want to receive prayer this morning, we have some people at the back that are, would love to pray with you this morning, okay? Uh, so don't hesitate to go back there to receive prayer. We're going to play this three-minute app, and then after that, uh, we're going to go and 
get the communion. I'm going to hand deliver it to you guys, okay? All right. So just closing your eyes here. Again, you have your three questions. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. What do you need to let go of? I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, heal my union with you. I love you. I believe you. I worship you. Restore our union, Lord. Heal and restore our union. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I pray for more of you, God. Fill me with more of you. I pray the river of life would fill me, restore me, renew me, surround me. I need more of you, God. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your life. So just stay right where you are. And again, just I want you just to take again a couple of minutes here just to go through those three questions of, God, who do I need to forgive right now? Where have I been unkind and what's weighing me down? And just where you're seated right now, I just want you just to just be praying to God and just start laying your heart out to him, okay?
right, guys, we're going to take your bread right now. He took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when you're ready, you can take that bread now. And again, Father, we just thank you for your body. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me so father we take this cup right now father and we thank you for the new covenant with you papa just remember everything you did on that cross for each and every one of us so we take that cup now jesus